Hey there, I'm Kevin Daisy. And I'm Eric Olson. You're listening to the Managing Partners Podcast, where we interview top lawyers about how they're growing their firms. All right, we are live. As everyone is tuning in, this is another live recording of the Managing Partners Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Kevin Broyles. So, Kevin, thanks so much for coming on the show. Good to be with you. Yeah, we look forward to uh, learning more about you and your firm, and uh, I'm sure the guests are as well. So, I guess if you could start us off and uh, tell us a little bit more about yourself and your firm. Sure. So, uh, I've been practicing law for about 26 years. Uh, originally a litigator and then got the technology bug and became a technology lawyer. Uh, I met James Fisher, who's the uh, other managing partner and founding partner of Fisher Broyles as a technology lawyer. And uh, the foundation of our firm really was born out of the uh, technology recession that occurred in 2001, 2002, when uh, James and I were talking about how to survive because we had a lot of clients who were going out of business. So that was the formation uh, or the seeds of formation of Fisher Broyles way back then, 19 years ago. And we've been refining the model ever since. And uh, today we're 293 partners in over 20 locations in the United States and one location in London, um, which is, um, it's actually a misnomer to say a location because we're a distributed law firm. So we have partners who work from home, some work in offices of their choosing, some work at client sites. So that's the, uh, probably the 30 to 40 second summary of where I came from and how I came to FAD found a law firm with James Fisher. Excellent. And so you, you said a couple things in there. Uh, one, uh, a lot of partners, so a very large firm there. Uh, but you also mentioned the word distributed, which mm-hmm. um, would you elaborate on that just a little bit? I mean, you kind of said a little bit there, but for others that may not be familiar with that. Sure. One people, uh, some, some people use the four-letter word virtual, which we do not like. <clears throat> That's a bad word. It, uh, it's, a, it's an anonym of real, but we're very much a real law firm. Um, distributed, I think, better captures how we practice law, which is to have the partners distributed in various locations. They are tied together um, by true partnership agreement, but also technology that supports collaboration and, and makes us uh, one of the largest law firms in the United States doing the kind of sophisticated work that other top law firms in the U.S. are doing for their clients despite the fact that we do have partners who are distributed throughout the United States and in various locations that are focused around probably 22 cities plus London. I love that, actually. Um, I've not really heard that, um, well, calling it that, but yeah, everyone right now, the big, the word is virtual, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I like distributed. I think that, that, is a different approach to it and uh, may brings more confidence to the clients and uh, versus saying outsourced or virtual or, or other, other types of uh, phrases there. I, I like that. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's, it calls, uh, it kind of recalls the language around blockchain. And so I think that just, it was a better way of communicating exactly what it is we're doing. Whereas virtual, you know, legal zoom is virtual. Um, a lot of people say, oh, you know, these, you know, all the Amlaw 200 last year were virtual, but uh, not really. I mean, they were, they're real law firms. And uh, so I did an interview with a, with a law student from Harvard and was writing a paper about, you know, these new law firms. And she said she wanted to do an interview about our virtual firm. And I asked her if she wanted to do a real interview or if she wanted to do a virtual interview, because if she wanted to do a virtual interview, we just pretend we were having a conversation, <laughs> but we're very much real. 
Interesting. That's so you mentioned the is the M uh, two hundred mm-hmm. uh, the two hundred oh, list, 100. which uh, the logo is up there on the top right for everyone watching. And you guys just made this list, and this you said for the first time ever, and you came in at uh, would you say one ninety eight? One ninety eight, and and I chose you because your name's Kevin to do the first interview after <laughs> that that was released. Um, but we're very excited about that. It was released on Tuesday, and it's been one of our our milestones that we've been set up as a goal that we've been working toward for several years, and uh, we finally made the list. So well, it's, that's it's the beginning. That's excellent. Uh, congratulations on making that Thank list you. And, and getting that award. Um, uh, for others, I mean, uh, other aspiring law firms, managing partners, that's that's really kind of our audience. And uh, for, uh, I guess, them looking to accomplish types of goals, what, what really did it take, I mean, to get on that list? I mean, I'm sure it's been on your radar for quite some time. Yeah, and it's determined. Uh, the list is, is um, it, it basically is the top 200 law firms by revenue in the United States. So it's, it's about revenue for us. You know, the driving force when we created the firm was all about controlling costs. You know, how can we be more efficient? But what we found, and I think this is the lesson for other managing partners, is you really need to focus on the lawyers. Uh, we're in the client service business, but if you're going to grow, you need to think about your lawyers, not your clients. Uh, there's a place for client development, but that place usually is with the individual partners who are developing those clients. So um, we represent a lot of Fortune 500 clients. Um, I can say I have never landed a single Fortune 500 client, but I have landed partners who represent Fortune 500 companies and they joined us. And that is the key to our growth is that we, we do focus on providing a more efficient and cost effective service to clients. But we also focus on providing uh, as close to nirvana as we can for partners who are very uh, have grown very tired of the traditional law firm structure where they don't feel like they're getting compensated fairly for the kind of effort that they put in. Uh, that that's a good approach right there. I like that. And um, yeah, you always got to control cost and be as efficient as possible. But yeah, bringing on the right people and having the right team uh, is is very important to to keep mm-hmm. these things going. And especially if you want the experience, the growth that you're looking for. So. You know, what are some of, you know, dealing, I know you're kind of, you're out of billable work hours yourself and working with clients Mm -hmm. directly. You're more working with the partners to make them successful. That's what I understand. To support them. They're they're my clients. I work for my partners to make sure that their experience is the best it can be. Yeah. And honestly, that's, that's more of a role like I have uh, within my company. So, so what are some of the, but talking about the clients, you know, what are some of the biggest challenges that I, uh, you know, challenges your clients or your, your, you know, your firm's clients would face? So why are they reaching out? What are their needs? But what are some of the biggest challenges they really face? Well, I wouldn't call it challenges as much as frustrations possibly, although you could, you could, call it a challenge, but that goes back to 19 years ago when James and I were talking about what we thought the ideal law firm should look like. And number one on the list was clients are sick and tired of the ever-increasing billable rate. Every January, they get a letter that says, hey, we love you. We're increasing your rate by five or 10%. And that one thing, along with the double and triple staffing of matters with young lawyers to are being trained and the clients have to pay for that training. They don't get a lot of value from that. That's the frustration point. So the challenge for the client, if you want to use that language is how do we get top level legal services without having to pay these exorbitant rates that increase every year and without having to subsidize the training of first and second years that aren't really adding value to our bottom line. 
Interesting. All right. I mean, you can change my question. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> like a politician, I want to answer the question. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, hey, I mean, that's that's what we're here. We, we tweet the questions and we like to learn. So, um, okay, interesting. So, uh, yeah, honestly, you know, we are not as massive firm, um, but, you know, we have lawyers uh, for our business that we we call on, we have retainers for, uh, we ask to basically work on stuff all the time because me and my business partner have either these crazy ideas or we want to spin off these things or we want to reorganize things or, you know, so it's a constant, you know, we bring them ideas and concepts and then they come back and tell us if we can do it, if we should do it, how we should protect ourselves, uh, things like that. But yeah, there are increases, rates increases, uh, usually just get a letter. Sometimes we don't even know we got the letter, um, but it's uh, they're, if they're growing rapidly, the firm you've chosen, then you can definitely expect higher rates and different people to be working on your stuff, and and that's that's an interesting perspective there. Yeah, and we give our part, we give our partners autonomy with their practice, so they get to choose what their rate is. They get to choose whether they're raising their rate. You know, I've been doing this for 19 years, and I can say I probably have not raised my client rates more than five times in 19 years. Excellent. So you still have the uh, clients that you deal with direct, maybe some clients that you've kind of held on to yourself? Well, we've got great partners and uh, a lot of those great partners are serving my clients. Um, I don't do billable work any longer. I'm managing the firm, but I still get credit for those clients that I brought to the firm. And I still get referrals from those clients when they... uh, they say, oh, you got to check these guys out. <laughs> yeah, I would say, yeah, I got similar to where um, I'm not, um, you know, I have clients I've had for for years that would, they kind of approach it as, hey, Kevin, uh, I don't want to waste your time, but who can I talk to, <laughs> to to refer this or to get this this work done? I've got one or two who'll say, I don't want anyone else. I want you. They, they shall go nameless, but uh, I don't even know billing them time. I just do it and just say, here. <laughs> yeah, that's, hey, that's part of part of doing good business. So Exactly. Um, okay. So different question, uh, you know, pertaining to the clients. Um, and this is different for different types of, of law. And we have, you know, all types of different managing partners that come through on the show here. Um, what are some of you know, I guess the mistakes that you see your clients make. So, you know, say I'm a client and I, I, you know, ask you guys about something that I need done or some situation I'm in or to protect myself. What What are some of the mistakes you've seen that they've made or mm-hmm. make in, in the process? Well, usually, and I think and this goes back, you could talk to a lawyer practicing 60 years ago and we'll tell you the same thing, which is clients don't call the lawyer soon enough. They, they either think they're going to handle it themselves um, I, I find that the clients who are most successful are the ones who have a good grasp of the things that they can do on their own and the ones who know I've got to get a lawyer to do this. So it's OK if you've got a good compass that tells you that. But the clients that really get themselves into trouble is they try to do too much on their own without getting a lawyer involved. OK, we may be guilty of this, but um, yeah. I hear that one quite often mm-hmm. and um, especially so me, you know, we're always, I mean, we're business owners, we're entrepreneurs. Uh, there's always the, all right, how can I figure this out? And then there becomes a point where you're like, okay, we need to get someone, you <laughs> get a, an expert to, uh, to tell us what to do or to figure it out for us. And the easy, the easy thing about that is you can make a phone call. If, if you don't have that compass that tells you, you can make a phone call to your trusted legal advisor, that partner and say, Hey, here's this, project I have, or here's this issue, how much of this can I really do on my own and how much should I need? And if you have a, if you had a good trusted legal advisor, which is something that we thrive to be in our firm, you know, you're going to, you might pay for a 30 minute phone call, but they're going to tell you, oh yeah, you can do all of this on your own and let us focus on this part. 
Yeah, I think that's super important what you just said, and um, yeah, I feel like we have that, and it's just like you're having a banker relationship, uh, a CPA. Um, you know, you have to have those people that you trust, and and I think with your lawyer too, it's um, you know, yeah, they might charge you. Uh, or they may not. I have, you know, a few different lawyers that I've had relationships with. Some you talk, uh, talk to them, shoot, you know, shoot the crap with, and next thing you get, you get billed, and you thought you were having a, a, a casual conversation. <laughs> and then some, yeah. you know, but we're, you know, expected at this point. And that's what we pay retainers to, just so that we can make those calls and kind of figure out where we need to go. So. Yeah, so that, that that probably allows me to throw in a saying that we have at, at our firm. You know, I, I grew up in Tennessee. James Fisher grew up in Oklahoma. And we like to tell our partners, pigs get fat and hogs get slaughtered. So it's better to provide a, a long-lasting value to your client because when your client starts to think they're getting nickel and dime, they're probably not going to be your client for much longer. Yeah, that's a good point. And um, yeah, they might say, yeah, hey, I'm, I'm going to stop calling them for advice because I just get billed. Uh, or, you know, especially if you felt like it was it didn't warrant getting billed or um, so, you know, we, yeah, we have, you should have a relationship with your lawyer today to know what's going to happen and what to expect and have the right expectations, I think. And that's, that's one of the secrets to our success, because so many traditional law firms, their clients are looking at it saying, I don't feel like I'm getting good, good value. I mean, I'm just paying too much. I'm getting nickel and dime. They're charging me for copies. They're, you know, every single thing, uh, you know, it's like going to a hotel and getting charged for internet. You know, it just frustrates everyone. Yeah, like I expected to get internet. <laughs> so, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, next question. Um, how do you guys currently get clients? And I, I, I'm going to jump to conclusion, assuming it's referrals. Um, at this point, you've been around for quite a long time. But, uh, you know, what's the, I guess, is there are various ways that you get clients to come in the door? Obviously, you bring in new partners. I assume they bring in possibly some connections and work with them. But uh, what do you guys see? Yeah, the two greatest sources of revenue growth are going to be cross-selling the clients. Uh, in other areas of law where we practice, um, you know, we don't have any associates, we have partner only. So we're offering a great value if we're doing litigation for a client and, and we can go to them and say, hey, we've got this great M&A attorney from an Amlaw 200 firm or we've got a great IP or real estate. That's the number one way to, to grow the revenue. And as you mentioned, the second way is we'll go out there and get great lawyers who have been the trusted legal advisors of these clients for years. And when they join us, they get more autonomy. They're not as frustrated with the top-down approach of the traditional. They're frustrated with the top-down approach of the traditional firm. So they come to us for that autonomy. They have more control. And a lot of times they'll reduce their rate to their clients. So it's, it's, it's somewhat of a culture shock because rather than getting a call saying, we're raising your rate, they'll, these partners will join us and they'll start calling their clients and say, I'm dropping your rate. Oh, wow. That's pretty awesome right there. I mean, you don't yeah. expect that. <laughs> right. That's, the, well, that's, that's the power. That's the power of a low overhead model and streamlining, streamlining the process is getting rid of a lot of the fat that traditional law firms operate. Interesting. So, yeah. So uh, assuming I was a partner at a traditional firm with mm -hmm. heavy overhead and big, expensive, uh, lavish offices and all those things. Um, and then I join you. Well, then some of that stuff can be reduced or be removed. Yeah, you're you're having to support as a partner, you're having to support the real estate, the young attorneys who are getting those big salaries coming out of law school. You're having to uh, support a support staff that, you know, let's face it, none of us have needed in the last 20 years. Uh, we've been doing our own document, uh, typing our own documents. We don't, you know, when I first started practicing, they handed me a dictaphone and said, you need to learn how to dictate. I said, I don't understand. I type 70 words a minute. Why do I need to learn how to dictate? Well, because you got a secretary out there that's a, you know, <laughs> it's a cost center that you've got to, 
send work to. So traditional firms still have that. Um, and yeah, when they join us, these partners don't have to subsidize that stuff anymore. They don't have to subsidize the marketing. Law firms waste a lot of money on marketing. I don't know a Fortune 500 CEO or a general counsel who's ever hired a law firm because they were flipping through a magazine and saw an ad. They just don't, you don't hire, you know, you hire personal injury plaintiff's lawyers that way when you see a billboard. You don't hire Amlaw 200 firms that way. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> yeah. And uh, um, we do, my, my agency, we do marketing for law firms and advertising. And there's a lot that either spend and waste money. Um, and then there's some that just, uh, you, know, don't, you know, there's some that don't market at all. But um, but there's definitely a balance there and, and being sure. effective with it for sure. But that's a good point. I mean, so with the model that you guys have, I mean, that's, that's a lot, that's saving to the customer, to the client. So mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. Um, speaking of marketing, <laughs> my next question mm-hmm. is, um, Obviously, you market one way or another, whether that's through your partners, word of mouth, your what you do have a website, uh, so you have a presence. Uh, the awards you've won, you know, that's another thing that you can market, put a press release out, um, things like that, get listed, Forbes, Inc., whatever. Um, what, from a marketing perspective, what has worked especially well for you guys since, you know, when you started, uh, you know, maybe you maybe did more of them, but from when you started to what, you know, where you're at now, what, what works well for you? Yeah, well, we've hired a dedicated in-house marketing person that's helped. Um, we, we spent our dollars on presenting our story in the right ways. Uh, we've hired a PR firm because we, you know, we want people to know what we're all about. We have to tell our story. Once our story gets out there, we're, we're confident that we can compete with any other law firm because we have the same depth, the same breadth as, breadth as these really large firms, but our cost tends to be sometimes 60% of what they're charging the clients. So for us, it's just about making sure that we accurately describe exactly what we're doing so that and make it simple and then support our partners who have their own individual marketing ideas give them what they need to do that and and you have um you know you can't use a one size fits all i feel like traditional firms do that whereas we have a lot of different personalities and some things work well for one lawyer may not work well for another so we again it comes back to that autonomy thing where we really support our lawyers and having the freedom to try to build their practice in the way that they're most comfortable doing. Yeah, I would assume, um, you know, some might be good at uh, LinkedIn and grow mm-hmm. a following personally and, and work that angle. Some may be completely foreign to them and that doesn't work, right? So uh, I like that. Exactly. Yeah. And then there's there's internal marketing. I mean, our system is set up so that people are rewarded for sharing work with others. So the, the, the partners who come in who may be more service partners and not have a large book of business, it's important for them to market what they can do to other partners in the firm. And those partners who have the business are then financially rewarded, as I mentioned, for sharing that work. So we have a very collaborative environment going on with our firm. That's awesome. That's really cool. Um, I like all the way different ways you guys are doing things um, versus, uh, you know, traditional way I hear of mm-hmm. how things are done. So, um, all right. So, um, you know, do you, is there anything on the agenda uh, for, you know, uh, new marketing strategies. Uh, again, it could be PR, marketing, advertising, whatever, but is there, you know, are you guys kind of going where you're going or do you got any new strategies and uh, initiatives that are well, uh, I don't, coming up? I don't know that we have new strategies. Uh, I know that we're prepared for a marketing surge because of the MLAW 200 news. So we're definitely preparing for that and, and management is getting uh, kind of clearing our calendars so that we can do you know, things like I'm doing right now with you to talk sure. about what makes our model so unique? Yeah, it's, I mean, honestly, um, 
yeah, getting that in front of more people um, makes a ton of sense. And it's, it's, it's appealing to me uh, as a business owner for mm-hmm. sure to hear. So yeah, I get more people get that in front of the better. And then I think, you know, better yet is being, you know, when the people are looking and they don't even know who you are, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's all about if you come up and do you show up to be in the race, you know, so, you know, that's kind of what we focus on mostly with our clients, but is how do you, how are you there when they don't know about you? Because when you're mm-hmm. there, and they're like you, you have a good chance of winning that business. So absolutely. We, we've actually, we've done pitches to general counsels of four to 500 firms and heard response. Why have I never heard of you guys? <laughs> and, and that's kind of like, are you not spending any money on marketing? You need to, you know, step that up because this is a brilliant model. And uh, I wish I'd known about you guys five years ago. <laughs> well, it's okay. We're here to help if you need us. But um, so, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, that's the honest truth is say I'm talking to a, a, a potential client and they just seem like they're not put together or they're not responsive or uh, whatever. Um, it's a more challenging time to service and make that client happy with marketing and advertising results just to, because of how they operate or how they run their mm-hmm. business versus mm-hmm. someone that I'm like, okay. They can crush it and they have a, a good closing rate and they show well, they act, they, they have everything going. So it's, it's much easier to say, hey, well, we got this many potential leads and, and that they can convert higher. Then we're going to have more success and that client's going to be happier with us. So mm-hmm. we, we can't change your business, right? So um, Yeah, it's, it's similar in a traditional law firm in that it, it, I always tell people it's kind of like the clients are kind of like citizens who think of Congress being their law firm. They really hate Congress. If you do the polls, citizens hate Congress. But then you say, well, what about your particular congresswoman or your particular congressman? Oh, well, I love I love my local person. They're fabulous. So I think what a lot of clients face is, I love my trusted legal advisor who's been representing me for the last 15 years. I just hate the law firm that they're in because they're imposing this top-down structure that, that creates a lot of problems for me. And part of our challenge is to get into that client or get into that partner and say, hey, guys, we've got the solution. We can take your partner out of that structure, put it in our structure. And now, miracle of miracles, you love Congress and you love the congresswoman or congressman. So that's what that's what we see is that we, we have partners come over and they are extremely happy with the change in their lives. They're making more money. They have more freedom. There's much more inclusiveness and diversity in our model. But the clients are also overjoyed because of all the things that you and I have already been discussing. Oh, that makes a lot of sense right there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the thing is, as a client, right, you you want you want some uh, information, answers. You want um, things to happen as fast as possible. Get a timeline, get responsiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the firm we actually work with is a smaller firm, but they are growing pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have nothing bad to say about them at all. But um, I could see a massive firm, more traditional firm being, you know, regardless of your trusted advisor, uh, being slow to move or having a process that it has to go through before, you know, it gets, you know, before you get answers back. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I can see that being a big problem. So, uh, well, as far as my questions directly about that, that's that's kind of all I have. But I, I definitely wanted to, to get you to add, um, you know, a little bit more about, you know, I saw some of the, the, line, uh, the clients you have. Seem mm-hmm. a very impressive list of clients that you've worked with. Um, what would you say, you know, some of the larger clients, uh, the Fortune 500, stuff like that, 
what do they what do they typically come into you guys for? What's the is there a, a, a no, main it, kind of reason or is it kind of a broad? It's, it's broad. It, it, I mean, you could pick any of the top AMLA two hundred firms, and we're doing the same kind of work. We're doing high stakes litigation. We're doing M and A deals. We're doing commercial finance. We're doing real estate. We're doing intellectual property patents, um, employment law. I mean, we're doing the gamut of things: technology law, licensing. So it. Uh, we're, we're a full service, large corporate law firm. So we're seeing a lot of the same. And, and it's not just Fortune 500 clients that we represent. We represent emerging growth companies as well. And we have, you know, we have uh, lawyers that are trust in estates and they're representing high net worth individuals. So we have a broad array. I mean, we're not doing, you know, plaintiff's personal injury. We're not doing family law other than, you know, to, to the extent you consider wills and, and trust family law. So like most large um, national or international law firms that we compete with. Excellent. Okay. So uh, I guess my one question I was thinking in my mind was uh, Sam, you know, Sam Netflix or big, huge company. Do I, <laughs> do I have a law firm for this and a law firm for that and a law firm for that? Or is it kind of you test the waters and then maybe they say, Hey, we want you guys to take care of, of all of our. Yeah, so, so back in the day, uh, the trend used to be that, you would use the same firm for everything. I think that um, in-house lawyers and executives have wised up and realized that the expert in all areas isn't necessarily at one firm. So a trend seems to be developing or has developed over the last several years where some of the more sophisticated in-house legal departments are using many different firms. They'll, they'll have preferred lists that you have to get on. I will say that we're kind of like uh, we're addictive like a drug. Once a, a large client uses us, we often have them come back and say, wait a minute, I, I know I've been using your litigators and I love them. You have somebody who can do blockchain or a, a, a private placement, you know, employment, patent. So we see that a lot. Excellent. I mean, that's great. I mean, so I, I guess the thing is, if you can get them in the door um, and working with you, uh, there's a good chance that you're going to start to pick up more of the business. Right. Where, and where the also, trend is the other way around. Right. Right. And the, one of the things that we're trying, one of the challenges or things we're trying to do better is to to make sure clients know we don't have to take your business away from the lawyer that you love. We just need to take the lawyer that you love away from their traditional law firm structure. And then, you know, think about that bonus. I get to keep my lawyer that I've trusted for the last 15 or 20 years. And all of a sudden I get a, a 30 to 40 percent discount off the rate I've been charged. And that's a I think that's a very attractive proposition for clients and perhaps we need to do a better job of getting out there and communicating to clients that that's something that uh, you talk about dropping your legal budget by 25 percent can you imagine the the general counsel going to the ceo and saying oh by the way you know in 2021 we spent 25 percent less on legal outside legal than we did in 2020 ceo's like, i wouldn't mind seeing that on my how do you do that and he says two words fisher broils <laughs> so it's so just an example if i I called you and said, Hey, Kevin, man, I, I got this, you know, I'm working with a firm. I love my partner, you know, my lawyer, but I, I'm just looking at some other uh, opportunities here. And, you know, I'm just, I'm tired of the fees and I'm tired of the processes, mm -hmm. whatever. And I just kind of mentioned that and say, Hey, I'm interested to talk to, to you all to see if you can help us instead. And so basically I'm going to, I'm going to fire them. That's kind of what I'm getting at. And you could say, well, hold on, here's another solution. Uh, you love your lawyer that you work with. Yeah. We love him to death. We just, you know, is where he works is such a pain and, and the fees are high. I mean, basically you're asking the potential client to sell, 
you know, to basically sure. put a plug in, hey, you should talk to Fisher and Broyles about joining them so I can still work with you. Yeah. So the client, the client has had the conversation with that partner before. I'm frustrated about this. I'm frustrated about this. I'm frustrated about this. We just need to add one more piece to that conversation and say, I found a solution. You may want to think about this firm or I'm moving my business. I would really love to keep it with you. But uh, and by the way, here's here's the managing partner of that firm. I'd be happy to introduce you if you want to talk to him about that. I think it would make a lot of sense. Absolutely. We'd love to talk to them. That's very interesting. You're giving me some ideas for my business. <laughs> yeah. yeah we, so I would, you know, we talk to firms all the time and they say, well, I already have a digital marketing firm that I work with. Of course, you know, uh, that's, we hear that's, that's always the case, um, whether it's in-house or if it's a, an outsourced firm or whatever, but we're always going to be talking to firms that have an agency already. Mm -hmm. Honestly, we don't, we don't talk to as many firms where they, they're too small. They, they don't, it's usually we're displacing somebody. So mm -hmm. that's a good point because usually they're, ah, well, I'm happy with my current situation. You know, that's usually the answer we get. Yeah. And I mentioned, I mentioned price. I mentioned autonomy. I mentioned a lot of the other things that, that clients are frustrated with. One of the things they're frustrated with that I haven't mentioned is the lack of diversity and inclusion in their current law firms. And these traditional firms, you know, are following the same model, but they, they seem to never be able to, break. you know, break through that barrier. And we've been able to do that. And the solution for us is really the top story about us is, you know, the top story isn't that we're distributed. The top story isn't, you know, necessarily that we've made the MLA 200, but that's one of them. The story is we have a non-discretionary compensation model, which is helping us to grow. And we have as many non-discretionary rules in place as we can put in place. And what that's doing is it's creating the most inclusive environment in the large law firm space. And our diversity numbers are outpacing the traditional law firm's diversity numbers by leaps and bounds. So we're proud of that. And I mean, it's the one large law firm that a person can go to and say, I know I'm being treated fairly because I can see the compensation structure. I see the formula that they're using to pay me. And I also see what everyone else in the firm is paid on a biweekly basis. So there's, and there's no reason to hide compensation because it's formula based. So one thing that we're excited about is that we're one of the most diverse law firms in the United States. Well, that's excellent. Well, congratulations on that. That's a big accomplishment right there. And so uh, if anyone's listening, you should award them something for that. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, the so reward that, is the, the reward for the structure is how much fun we're having, how much we enjoy each other, the collaboration that we have, the the true affinity that our partners have for one another, uh, which has been the biggest challenge of, of COVID. Even though we've always been distributed, we still get together quite a bit as partners, and and we miss that because we actually like our partners; they like each other. So that's the one thing I know we're all looking forward to as things come back to normal is being able to get together and see our, our partners in person again. Yeah. Uh, totally agree with you on that. And, uh, I would, you know, we're distributed as if, if you will, we are, I think five States, uh, well, we started just in Virginia and mm -hmm. uh, we're a digital company. So we are, you know, the whole virtual thing is, is already in place. And, um, cause we have employees around the, the country, but, um, we definitely get together if we can. And, uh, we fly everyone together for holiday parties and, Mm -hmm. um, we have a new like a uh, founders club for, um, you know, as different milestones with, with employees that they hit, you know, we do a, an event, uh, activity outdoor type of, you know, where we fly around somewhere, but yeah, we'd love to get together and I got to keep that. It was part of our culture as the office originally. Um, and now it's, you know, again, we're, we're not in the office, but, um, but yeah, just keeping that. And, and where are you actually located, Kevin? Uh, I'm out of Atlanta. Okay. Which was our first office. Okay. Excellent. Um, 
so you're just on the East Coast, just like we are. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So we, it was funny because we started all together, and that was just the only way we did business. And um, I think you know, 2017, 2018. You know, we kind of started to see that we grew outward. We had employees going, "Hey, I want to move to wherever," mm-hmm. and but I don't. I want to work here still. Is that a, a problem? And the first employee was kind of like, oh, um, we don't want to lose you. So uh, sure, we'll figure something out. And then a second one that happened and then we hired outside and then COVID hit. And then it was, you know, the world is our oyster at that point. And, you know, now all new hires, it's, you know, really don't care where they're at. And, mm-hmm. and uh, it's been working out very well for us, too. Yeah. Why should why should you care? I mean, and, yeah, we don't. <laughs> and I think that's what that's what we're seeing from partners of, of other Amlaw 200 firms now that restrictions are starting to be lifted they're thinking why did i need to go back to the office why am i driving you know that that hour each way commute that i got rid of last year why would i want to go back to that yeah that's another hour of billable time <laughs> if you two hours <laughs> well yeah exactly yeah it's quite a bit of waste of time and um yeah so this is kind of the new normal i think we'll see things go back a little bit to a hybrid model i did a poll on linkedin it's got like forty thousand views and i don't know how many votes but um the majority were a hybrid they like to go to the office sometimes Mm -hmm. uh, but they like working from home and uh you know i think i just think that's going to be what we'll see more as a normal is uh Mm -hmm. yeah our office we do have an office we're actually getting some work done to it right now uh we're making it more of a you know co-working for our team the local Mm -hmm. members that if you want to go in go ahead grab a desk you know we'll have a we still have a nice space and all the amenities but uh if you want to go home that's fine too. Well, Kevin, I don't want to take up too much in your time. And uh, so you don't send me a bill. That could happen. <laughs> um, what's the best way for people to connect with you? Um, obviously, uh, check Kevin and his firm out. The web address is below here. I'll put that in the comments here as well. Shoot um, me an email. Shoot me an email. Uh, you know, kbroyles at bishopbroyles.com. Um, LinkedIn. Happy to connect with folks on LinkedIn as well. But you can find all my information in my bio at bishopbroyles.com. And I'm going to put the link in the comments so everyone can check that out. Kevin, any final words? I appreciate you coming on with me today. No, I've enjoyed uh, seeing you and uh, everybody stay safe out there. Enjoy the the new freedoms. We seem to start getting back uh, after this COVID lockdown. We're excited about that and uh, stay safe, everyone. Good to talk to you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, Congratulations on your success. Congrats on the award that you just got on the... um, uh, M law 200 list and uh, just, you know, for doing things differently and, and not just following the traditional model. Um, and w- when it comes to everything, I mean, you shared a lot of great stuff here today. If you're, if you've, you're listening to this now or in the future, uh, you know, listen to this again. I think you can learn a lot from what Kevin has, has to share and their success proves that. So, uh, you know, thanks so much for sharing uh, this all with us. So well, thank you. I enjoy talking with you. All right, everybody till next time. We'll see you soon.